Reverend Carla. Welcome to Spirituality Matters. And now let's settle in to find that sacred space between here where I am and there where you are. And let us be reminded that the Holy transcends our physical bodies and our time together is just as sacred and meaningful as if we were sitting beside one another. Okay, let's get started. This podcast is entitled Enlightenment. I'm going to offer a gentle warning with this. In this story, I share a story about a newborn puppy that was actively dying. And if you don't know what actively dying is, I'm going to put a link in the show notes as well. For anyone who has held the space of a loved one while they were taking their last breaths, you will discover there is nothing out of the ordinary about this story. An animal's dying process is similar to that of humans. Still, the innocence of a newborn puppy may prove too much for some of you. And if so, this is the podcast to pass over. But if you do decide to stay, just know that I do handle this story with the reverence that it deserves. Also with this story, I expand on what I mean by this title, Enlightenment, towards the end of the podcast. So if you decide to stay, this story does have spiritual significance, and now I invite you to join me on this journey. And if not, I'll see you the first week in November, in December. Okay, I'm going to be very honest with you because what I really wanted to title this podcast and blog was Wake the F Up. But... I found myself, as I was watching this live stream, that I was literally wanting to scream into my phone. Now, for context, let's park that here for a minute and talk about the incredible TikTok algorithm. And let me give you an example. Pastors will often talk about the dangers of TikTok and all the scantily clad women that you find there gyrating and dancing on the camera. And you have people immediately call them out and say, dude, it's an algorithm. The reason you're seeing those videos is because you're staying on them or you're seeking them out. I never see them. I never see the women dancing around because I'm not looking for them. Now, I'll be honest, I'll say, I miss the dancing teens that used to pop up every once in a while because I love to see some of the dances and some of them I even try sometimes. And those are amazing. But what ends up happening when somebody calls these pastors out, often they're uh, youth pastors too, they just disappear because they realize they've been caught. So this algorithm is really creepily accurate. So because I have a history of animal welfare, so in case you don't remember or don't know, I am the founder of a spay-neuter clinic. And I'll just stand on this soapbox for just a hot minute because spay-neuter saves lives. So cats and dogs are gonna do what cats and dogs do, which is breed like rabbits. So don't tell me your kids need to see the miracle of birth unless you're prepared to show them the cruel reality of pet overpopulation and take them to the shelter where healthy and adoptable animals are euthanized daily simply because they don't have enough homes. All right, I'm off my soapbox there. But like I said, TikTok's algorithm is usually right, so I get a lot of animal welfare videos mixed in with the things related to spiritual but not religious, healing religious trauma, the spiritual but not religious path, all those things, the deconstructing journey, I get all those. But TikTok one day decided to plop onto my feed a live stream of a woman who was giving us an update on the puppies that had recently been born to her German Shepherd dog. Now, again, back to my animal welfare days, I have no beef with responsible breeders. 
but unless you want me to get on a real, another self-buck lecture, I'm just gonna stop with this. Responsible breeders do not sell to pet stores. Puppy mill breeders do. And if you don't know what a puppy mill is, I'm going to put a link in the show notes so you can read up on that. I feel like all of this has spiritual significance, including the way we care for our animals and especially the cats and dogs who are often our pets and we bring them in the, uh, into our home and treat them like family. But for the most part, after all these years of working, I love little kittens and puppies, but I don't get oogly googly over them like a lot of people do just because it's my work. I saw too much in all the years where I was rescuing animals and trying to get them out of uh, shelters that were going to have to euthanize them. So I really don't have to sit there and watch all of this. So I'm going to just, you know, bypass those and let the algorithm do its things, but I typically don't stay. But for some reason, I was wanted to hear what she was saying because in her lap, she held one of the newborn puppies. And at first he looked like he was fine. He looked like a typical newborn puppy. His eyes were closed, he was smooth and shiny, and he had the tiniest little features that make you think that there's no way that this thing is gonna grow up to be a majestic beast that is the German Shepherd. So, but even through the camera, you could just be drawn into this innocence of life and the way he was squirming around to find comfort. And there was something else that made me pause there. There was something that was off about the way he was moving around. And that's the power of the camera and the social media and just intuitiveness, if you will, that said, hmm, something's going on here. I really don't have time for this, but I'm gonna pause anyway. So I paused and then once again, I was looking and I realized that the, that the puppy didn't look quite right. Yes, physically he did, but there was obviously a discomfort that didn't seem right for this puppy. And now the selfish side of me, all of a sudden I got upset because I'm like, oh, I, I don't I don't need this, but I'm gonna watch just a little while longer and it just took a few more minutes for my initial perceptions to be confirmed and then that cute little wonder that I had turned to concern for that puppy's well-being. So here I was rushing to get ready, but now with my phone in my hand, I was watching this newborn puppy struggle to stay in this world. And it was obvious that this woman did love the mama dog. Again, I don't have any problems with responsible breeders and she was doing her best to tend to the needs of her and the newborn. And she was stroking the puppy with the gentleness and she was trying to turn him over and she was trying to force oxygen into his face to try to help him because it was obvious that he was having trouble um, breathing. And then she kept repeating the story because she noted how many people kept joining the live. And she began to share that the reason why this puppy was requiring special care was because his birth had been unique. He was the first to arrive. And as he was being born, it startled this first time mom dog. And this happens sometimes, but the dog, the mom bit him because she thinks that this is a threat to her. She doesn't know what this is. And this does happen even in the wild animal kingdom as well. So she went on to explain that they took the dog puppy to the vet. The bite did require stitches and they weren't sure how he was gonna do, but for the first couple of days, he had been thriving. He was nursing and he seemed to be fine even after that traumatic entrance. And 
seemingly there was no worse after the incident. He was he was just being fine and settling in and sleeping with his litter mates, but now it was obvious that the puppy was struggling. So she noted that he cried out regularly, which really isn't common. They'll make this little whimpering noise to try to find the mom and get nuzzly or get nuzzled up to their litter mates, but it's really more like a whimper but he was definitely struggling to get comfortable. And as this live stream was happening in the early hours, she was assuring us that as soon as the vet's office opened, she was gonna get that puppy right in there. So like I said, she was not afraid to take care of the puppy and do what needed to, to happen. So I have no beef with her at all either because oftentimes, and this is a really other brutal reality of puppy mills, if you've got a puppy that's not, um, not making it, they're not gonna put any money in it. They're going to put it out in the trash heap or they're just gonna put it in the incinerator. I'm sorry if that harms your heart and, and breaks it, but that is the truth. And uh, many of us in animal welfare have witnessed it. But what then transpired over the next couple of minutes was the, the puppy began to rapidly decline. And he continued to struggle for air, but his movement started to, to slow down. And the oxygens didn't seem to help at all. If anything, it seemed to make him uncomfortable. And as soon as I saw him start to slow down, I thought this is not going to end well. Um, what I saw was something that I had seen before and the untrained eye might assume that he was beginning to rest. And the woman holding him thought as much as well. She said, oh, look, he's getting ready to settle down nicely, except he wasn't. The puppy was clearly dying and he had now entered agonal breathing. And I'll put a note in the show notes as well, but any of you who's ever been with anybody who's actively dying, then you know these, this kind of breathing. It's a fake breath that signals that breathing is just on autopilot, but it's not enough to sustain life. It's more of a muscular thing because your body has done it the entire time. And it, it is definitely part of the last stages of active dying. And uh, I learned a lot about this after uh, in the middle of seminary, I took end of life doula training and I'll explain a little bit about that and why I did it. But those of you who don't understand what active dying, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, I will uh, post in the show notes an article about what that is because I think it's very important for those of us who want to hold space for our loved ones, including our pets, that we need to understand what active dying is because it's so important for us to be able to shift the, the need to, to take care of our loss, to comfort ourselves, to be able to be present for the dying. And I know this all too well. So be sure to check that article out in case you haven't read it because at some point in your life, this is going to be a reality for you. And I had seen this before because just recently I sat beside my mother-in-law and for three weeks we watched her go into a slow decline which we knew was going to lead to a phase of active uh, dying and as she moved closer to death i was able to hold that space in a really sacred way based on my end of life doula training so even if you're just interested in wanting to be that kind of caregiver that is a wonderful program to be a part of there's an uh, inelda i-n-e-l-d-a i'll put a link in the show notes that's about international end of life doula association where you know you can go you can actually get certified i did not i just wanted to learn more about what the patient was experiencing when they were moving closer to dying and that helped me to be present for her instead of looking at ways to try to fix her i was looking at ways where i could comfort her 
and hold the space for her and talk in her ear and let her know that she was okay. And I know she heard me. Sometimes she would nod her head and kind of smile. And when I tell her I was getting ready to leave, she'd go, okay, okay. But she had stopped eating. So it was only a matter of time before the end finally came. And it did this past summer. Also at the spay neuter clinic I founded, um, that was my, my true first experience with agonal breeding where uh, a 12 year old boxer died on the surgery table. Now I just want everybody to know that the mortality rate in, in high volume, high quality spay neuter clinics is incredibly, credibly low because of the specialization of the technicians and the surgeons that work there. But this dog did, it was old and they actually had misrepresented her age. And uh, there was a lot going on with her and because we would never have spayed a dog that was 12 years old, um, but they wanted to have it done. And so they lied about her age. Lesson learned on when you have suspicions about the health of a dog. I also saw it when uh, my aunt was nearing death as she lay in the hospital and she had suffered what would be a fatal heart attack. And that's when I really started to want to understand more about end-of-life doula so I could be there better. So now I'm fully focused in on this dog, on this puppy, and I was not going to multitask or anything. I just wanted to figure out what, what was going on. And I, I knew that it didn't matter if she took it to the vet now that 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 puppy was not going to survive. He was too far into active dying that I just didn't think whatever internal injuries he had was clearly going to be the result of his passing. Now what got me also were the comments as he slowly stopped moving and he his breathing started to decline in a what looked like it was comfortable, but it wasn't. Like I said, it was agonal breathing. People were saying things like, oh, he's sleeping. Oh, I'm so glad he's comfortable now. Look, he's so much better. I wasn't gonna comment. I typically don't, especially if they're not my mutuals. Mutuals are people that you're friends with in the, in the social media, you may never have met them online, but you have something in common, so you become mutuals and you almost become best friends in some cases with some of them. So I rarely comment, but I just wanted to, to see what people were saying. And given the number of comments expressing joy in his improvement, it was clear that most of the people were not in tune with the natural cycles of death. Now, that's not a judgment, it was just the truth. And then all of a sudden, here came the comment I was looking for. And it was from a vet tech and she said, I'm a vet tech and that's agonal breathing, ma'am, and he's not going to survive. Well, the trolls descended upon her, accusing this vet tech of not knowing anything, of being a fake vet tech, of validating the woman's knowledge over the vet techs. And the woman at that moment kept pushing oxygen towards the pup and the pup was totally oblivious to it. It was not helping him in any way, shape or form. So then shortly thereafter, the woman indicated that she was going to end the live to care for the puppy and the other pups and the mother. And she assured us that she would check back in later. So I bookmark her account like I do with so many right now. Let's see, I'm, I'm waiting for a crab that's supposed to molt, but the um, molting process is very dangerous because the, cat, the, the crab is 14 years old and they only live to be about 14. So when they get to the point where they can't molt is when they die. And so I'm watching this crab now. And then I, I don't know how many feral cats or dogs that have been straying and brought back from brink, the brink of starvation. So I bookmarked this because I just wanted to get an update about this puppy a few hours later. And sure enough, when I checked in, the puppy had died. And the people 
expressing shock, and even the woman expressing shock, you could tell they truly did not grasp that that puppy was laying there dying in her lap. And I couldn't be angry at her, nor could I be angry at the people making comments where they were saying, oh no, he was doing so good. No, he wasn't doing good. He was dying. And about 99% of the people who were in that live stream missed it because they wanted to believe something else was right in front of them. But that puppy was dying and that was agonal breathing. And like I said, I couldn't be angry because I have no right to be angry. I, it wasn't that long ago that I was them. Remember that aunt I told you about who had suffered what would be the fatal heart attack? She had lain in bed, uh, that hospital bed, and she had been spiraling towards death all day. But I was her caregiver for 15 years and I could not see she was dying. I worried that if they didn't turn her, she was going to have bed sores and I worried that it, she hadn't eaten all day and I worried that the nursing home hadn't been given an update and I wanted them to make sure, don't, don't let her room go. And I worried that the doctors weren't doing enough because now she was, she was conscious and now she's unconscious just a few hours ago talking to me. So what is going on? And I guess I knew on some level, I was worried that she was leaving me, but my worry about life without her overshadowed my ability to see why that she was truly dying. So that worry turned to rage as the nurse who had been harassing me for hours, she kept trying to get me to step out of the room to talk to her. So she finally got me out of the room because what she needed to do was for me to confirm a DNR that I had signed when I had brought my aunt to the emergency room a couple years before that. And was that still my aunt's wishes? And I said, I was just so angry because she took me away from my aunt. I said, it was, but why do you care? And I was just that me. I was like, it was, but why do you care? And that question reveals the extent of my own oblivion. It's the, it's the kind that says, who, what, who vet tech, what do you know? Get out of here. The woman to talk to a veterinarian. The woman to take to the puppy. Get out of here. That puppy's doing just fine. So a few hours after asking that question, my aunt was dead. And I was gutted. And I was broken in a way that I had never experienced because I had mourned my grandmothers who I was very, very close to. But this one hurt more deeply because my aunt had been a caregiver like no other. And as I said at her funeral trying to blubber through a constant stream of tears that she was my shelter when life felt chaotic and unsafe. So after my aunt's death, I began to journey to understand what parts of me had refused to see that she was dying. Because for years I held regret for not being able to hold the space for her in her final hours. But my beliefs around death and dying have changed now and I've come to a place where I can forgive myself for only seeing the death of my aunt through the eyes of my inner child the one who adored her and needed her as her safe harbor, even as an adult. And I know that my aunt knows that too. Because if, if we came from love and love is what we shall return to someday, then love builds that bridge from here to there and those bonds are never broken. And love invites us to pause and remember that love was here and that love always remains. So on that day when a little puppy lay dying in a woman's lap, I'm reminded of how little we humans are aware of these moments when the cycle of birth, living, and dying are right in front of us. The moments where we could be present to honor what is before it is no more. Instead, we choose to attack those who offer us a harsh dose of reality. Not harsh because it is cruel, harsh because we are in denial. 
and then we lash out and attack their knowledge like you're a fake vet tech, or even in their intent, as in what I said, why do you care? Life is happening right in front of us, beloveds. But here's where I shift to talk about something that I did not talk about in the blog. We can't ignore the bad that comes with the good. We can't ignore that this country is still in danger of becoming a Christian-centric, fascist nation. We can't ignore that we did a, we did get a slight reprieve with the midterm elections, but it is not time for us to celebrate and act as if this is over. It is far from over. I've literally, literally had people say to me after the midterm, see, you've overreacted so often. No, I did not overreact. I'm reminding you that if we ignore this threat, then we are no better than the German Christians who closed their blinds as their Jewish neighbors were being dragged away. I know that's cruel, but you need to hear this. Because Hitler knew the way to ensure the nation he envisioned with Aryan dominance was by aligning his beliefs with Christian German extremists who believed as he did. Hitler was defeated and then returned years later and came to power in Germany and literally changed the course of history for all of the world. Life was never supposed to be just the fairy tale moments of joy and harmony. We only know those to be what they are by accepting that there are shadows of pain and sorrow that exists. On that day, when I had no time, the TikTok algorithm felt I needed this reminder by offering me a story about a little puppy who wasn't going to stay in this world. And yes, that puppy died, and I'm honored to have been there with that vet tech holding the space for just a little while because that is love. That is being awake to truly know what is truly happening in our world because that, dear ones, is sacred living. And blessed be. Okay, beloveds, I'm honored to be in this space with you and I pray you receive something. I know I did because the teacher teaches what she needs to hear. And now, beloveds, go in peace and be at peace. Go in love and may you be loved. Go and know that others are on this journey with you and you are not alone. You are seen and deeply and unconditionally loved just the way you are. Blessings on your week and I will see you soon. Bye for now. Thanks for listening. Be sure to like and subscribe to Spirituality Matters wherever you listen to podcasts. You can watch the uncut version of today's episode on YouTube. Be sure to like and subscribe to Rev Carla's channel for more videos. Submit questions for upcoming Q&A videos or topics of discussion to spiritualitymatters at revcarla.com. As always, follow at Rev Carla on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Pinterest for more spirituality teachings. Bye for now!